For those of you who don't know me, my name is Martin LaRocca. I'm one of the elders here, and actually the only one physically here today because everyone's either traveling or sick or all over the place. So um, I'm, I'm quite, I mean, I am honored that you all are trusting me today to uh, just open up God's Word together. And it's a big deal. So, uh, so thank you. So thank you for that. And uh, it's great to see you. Uh, you know, one thing that is true about me is that I'm, I'm a procrastinator. So let me just tell you that uh, it's just something that happens to me. It's something that I struggle with. And yes, even in preparing to preach today, which is something that is incredibly, you know, personal, and I'm very, like I said, honored to do, I still manage to procrastinate. And, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's the kind of thing where it's like not just like, oh, I don't want to do it. It's actually just the drafting part, I'll be honest. So I would go and I'd find a way to be productive, right, have some activity. I'd study over the passage again. And we're going to be in Acts 16 if you have a paper Bible and you actually need to flip to it. Um, the rest of you are going to just pull it up on your phone and it'll be on the screen. But I, I would go and I'd study the passage and I'd, I'd, you know, go and do some research and, you know, ask all these questions of the text and, and I'd come back and I did that just way too much, I'll be honest with you. And that was my form of procrastinating because, see, I had so much pressure and this is something that comes to all of my writing. I, I put all this pressure on myself with the actual words, right? What is it going to be that I just avoid it? I escape it. I'm like, okay, what can I do instead but still be productive? So obviously things like prayer and, and wonderful things that were helpful, but just way too much. One of them was um, preparing for this trip that we're going, my family's going on. We're going to Colorado. Uh, it was going to be Monday night. My, my notes here say, oh, we're leaving Monday night. We're, we're leaving this afternoon now, so we're changing it up. But one of the things I did to prepare was, oh, I need to have good sleep because we're going to drive through the night. And so it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to prepare for something else. It's important. I'll sleep. Um, but we do this church, right? Like we, we avoid, we escape, we get away from the things that we know um, are difficult or important and critical. And so, you know, when it came to actually get the words on the paper, it went from, okay, I've, I've done all the studying, but now I'm just going to distract myself five minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time, whatever it might be. And, you know, you might be familiar with, with some of these concepts, right? I think we all experience this, right? I, I think I've heard everybody say, like, oh, well, you know, it's just that time to decompress. I'm so compressed. And, you know, uh, I, I don't want to think about X, Y, Z, so I'll just watch some Netflix, right? Uh, or I'll, I'll, you know, like, you know, let's, let's relax. We'll, we'll have a drink, take the edge off, you know. These are familiar. Um, and I'm sure you've got your own flavor of escape, right, that you, that you turn toward or, you know, flavors, depending on the season. So we're going to do something a little different, the, the joys of being in person, and not just, it's not just being a seminar, right? We're a church body, and we're together, so we're going to do a little exercise. Um, I'll ask you to do it with me. Um, I'll, I'll be doing it too, but I'm going to ask a question. If it applies to you, raise your hand, okay? So, uh, the other thing we're going to do is actually look around. This isn't going to be like a heads-down thing, um, so it's a little bit vulnerable, okay? Um, but when, when you do that, I'd love for you to make eye contact with someone else raising their hand, okay? 
and just say, you know, just enough to say, I see you, you see me, we're together in this, okay? Um, so we'll start with some easy ones, okay? Um, raise your hand if you've ever come to a Wayside Church service. There's the practice round, okay, all right, good job. Um, raise your hand if you've ever been frustrated with a child or a pet or someone you care for, okay? Yes. Um, if you've ever skipped a quiet time, or you originally set aside time to read your Bible, and, and you, you skipped it, right? You, you didn't feel like it that day. Um, we've got a few more. I have maybe too many of these. Um, if you've ever found it difficult to, to, to muster up a prayer, maybe, maybe you, you said, I know I should pray about this. I just, I just can't right now for whatever reason, Right? Um, if you've ever felt loneliness, if, uh, if you've ever dreaded a confrontation, yeah, a confrontation when you, when you, there's a conversation, you know, you're about to be in trouble or someone has hurt your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. If you've ever been like, I do not want to have that conversation. Um, if you felt like you don't understand what God is doing in your life right now, right? Maybe not right now, this moment, but at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, if you've experienced a loss that's changed your life, if you had a bond of trust broken, we could go on and on and on. And church, what we should know is that we're together in this, right? And we'll come back to that. Um, thank you, by the way. Thank you for doing that. I know it's a little weird. I know it's maybe weird to make eye contact with someone if you don't know their name or something, but... Um, but it's important because we'll come, we'll come back to it a, a few times throughout this passage as we dive in. But <clears throat> if you're anything like me, um, you know, when these situations arise, the confrontation, um, whatever it might be, you, you just avoid it. You take your mind off of it. You, or, or something else I do, I'll tell you I'm guilty of, is, is you flip it. You try to neutralize it, right? And say like, well, that's really hard. I know it's about to happen, so I'm going to enjoy this thing over here. Or I'm, I just did that hard thing, so now I'm just going to indulge on this thing to kind of neutralize the hard and, and, you know, just what I want and what would make me feel good. We always want to get out, right? We always want to escape. We always want to get out, whether it's, you know, a tough relationship, whether it's a confrontation, uh, a job, you know, a marriage, unconfessed sin. Um, even those spirit-led holy convictions it's in our nature to get out. And that's what today's sermon is all about, right? We as humans, as fallen humans, we, we are escapists. We have escapist mentalities. But the truth is, is in Christ, you are already free. You are already free. You don't need to escape these circumstances. They don't rule over you. They don't rule over us. And it's, um, it is God who's sovereign. And that's why we can live free for his purpose. So, um, so that's the big idea for today. We'll have it on the screen, right? We're escapists, but Christians have already escaped sin and death through the blood of Christ. So now we can focus on the holy purpose um, within our circumstances, right? So we can focus on the holy purpose of a circumstance because we've already escaped sin and death. So uh, let's open up the passage um, and before we do, I, I'm just going to 
pray quickly, if you could pray with me um, to just have God illuminate uh, this passage for us. Um, Lord, uh, Almighty Father in heaven, your name is great. It's, it's above all else. You're creator of all and, and intimate enough to um, call a friend. God, I ask you that, that uh, this morning, as we open up the book of Acts, that you, Holy Spirit, may work um, through me and, and through our people um, so that your name is glorified. We ask this humbly in your name. Um, okay, so we're going to read uh, some passages. Acts 16, we're going to start around verse 22, but I'll give you a quick recap because Acts is like, it's like an action book. Like there's a ton, you know, it's like a comic book. Like, I mean, there's so much going on here, like a Marvel movie. Um, so Paul and Silas, they spent weeks. They spent weeks traveling with closed doors and closed doors. Don't go here, don't go here. And they were attuned and sensitive to the Holy Spirit in that, um, which is what Ben preached about last week. Uh, they get to this place called Philippi, and they share the gospel with a woman named Lydia, and it becomes apparent, hey, God has got us here with these people here today. And so then they go into this marketplace where they're, they're at pretty regularly, and, and um, day after day, this woman, who's, who's a fortune teller because she, she's uh, you know, afflicted with a, with a demon, is, um, is harassing them. And Paul gets frustrated, and he actually releases this grip from her. He, he tells the demon in, you know, in the name of Jesus to leave her, and she's lost her power. Um, she is free from darkness. It's a wonderful thing. But she's still a slave, and her owners are now like, I, I can't make money off of her. She lost her powers, right? Um, so because of this whole economic upset, because of the anti-Semitism around, around them, they get flogged, thrown into prison without a trial. So this is where we're picking up. Um, and all because they're saying Jesus is Lord, right? Which is the truth. Um, so uh, let's start at verse 19, uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 19. But when her masters saw that their hope for profit was suddenly gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And, that, and when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men, Jews as they are, are causing, uh, are causing our city trouble. And they are proclaiming customs that are not lawful for us to accept or practice since we are Romans. The crowd joined in the attack against them, and the chief magistrates tore off their robes and proceeded um, to order them to be beaten. And they were struck with many blows. They, they threw them in prison, commanding the jailer um, to guard them securely, like maximum security here. And he, um, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So church, do we think Paul and Silas had a situation that they, they might have wanted to escape from? They might have wanted to get out of? Um, right? It sure, sure would be nice to like maybe binge watch some Netflix while your feet are in stocks or maybe while my whole family is quarantining because of COVID or whatever it might be, right? Um, and so, so it, this is where Paul and Silas look very different than our natural tendencies, right? To get out. I want to get out of this uncomfortable thing. 
Paul and Silas react very differently. And, and, and that's the main point, really. There's a stark contrast when it comes to, the, to, to escape um, for those who are seeking Christ. So the question really becomes, do I choose to escape or do I choose to abide? Escape or abide? And we're going to look at the differences in, in some of the characters and some of the people um, in, in this passage. So uh, they did a good thing, right? This, this slave woman is no longer haunted by a demon. They're, humili- they're humiliated. At this point, they're, they're hurt, right? They are bruised, bleeding, and in pain. They're uncomfortable. Their feet are in stocks. And they're treated like violent, violent criminals. And they did actually a wonderful thing. Um, and so, you know, at this point, um, if, you had, if you had a card, if you had political power to get out, if you, if you had a smart lawyer or something going on, you would probably be, you know, lawyering up and, and, and getting your way out of this right in some way shape or form yeah paul and paul and silas you know we're not hearing about oh you know they they tried xyz to get out of the prison right what we hear about is um what we'll see here in in verse 25 um how do they abide um right they're focused on god's purpose so look at verse 25 now about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to god and the prisoners were listening. So beaten, bruised, disrespect, dehumanized. They were in physical pain. They are encouraging one another. They are frustrated, but their sights are set on what is God doing? What is God doing right now? And they sang, right? Uh, they were absolutely stuck. Uh, they were captive. And now the other people that we see in this verse are the jailbirds, right? <laughs> the other people in, in jail here, and I'll refer to them as jailbirds, and you'll see why here in a bit, but um, everyone else is locked up. They're helpless, right? The jailbirds are helpless in a Roman prison, and Paul and Silas, the missionaries, well, it seems like they were in the same boats, right? They were also locked up, even worse, um, but they hold tight to an assured hope that God is sovereign, they lift each other up. They pray for one another. They, they sing that he has divine purpose. And isn't it beautiful? These brothers in Christ are encouraging one another um, for their own sake, right? For their own abiding, you know, goodness. And the Spirit not only brought peace to them through that process, but it's beginning to bring peace to the, to the jailbirds here, to the helpless jailbirds. Um, so we'll come back to this, like I said, but we're not alone. You guys raised your hands. We're not alone. Um, so <laughs> remember that, you know, as you, as you face these challenges, right, we, we're in it together. We're in it together to be encouraging one another. If you're in a discipleship group, that is what your discipleship group is for. Uh, some of the guys we met on Tuesday morning, and it's not just about me and what I can get out of it, Right. Um, I, I challenge them to say, like, you know, when you don't want to show up, it's not about you showing up for you. It's about you showing up for the people you love because you need to hear from them and, and you might have something for them to encourage them in prayer um, to move forward. So uh, 
join a discipleship group, make the time. If you're not in one, meet one-on-one if, uh, with one of us if, if the times don't work. Um, Psalm 121 is a, a simple piece of scripture to memorize. Um, we recite it at home regularly. So, um, and it was mentioned in this wonderful song, which um, Elias Taylor, I'm, I might ask you to sing again at, uh, at the tail end. But um, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's keep reading. So um, at verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately the doors were open and everyone's chains unfastened. Yes, jailbreak. Woo, here we go. All right, God, like this is awesome. You loosen everyone's chains. Paul and Silas, like they're getting out. Like good thing they prayed. Like you're doing it, God. Here we go. This is going to make an awesome movie one day, right? Um, and then, all right, verse 27, when the jailer awoke and saw the, the prison doors were opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, thinking that the prisoners had escaped. Okay, so, so this took a really heavy turn. Uh, I was all pumped for the jailbreak. You might be reading it like, oh, this happened to Peter already, you know, Acts 12, like he, he got out. It was awesome. The angel let him out. But as we, as we continue to, to verse 28 here, but Paul called out with a loud voice saying, don't harm yourself for we are all here. What? They're all there. Like not just Paul and Silas, they're all there, all the prisoners. Like think about this. There's an earthquake, the doors open, maybe you're a little rattled, but if you're one of the jailbirds, right? Like you're thinking, great, we're here. I'm, <laughs> the door is opening. We're all free. I'm getting out of this. But when Paul said, we're all here, and when they looked at the man who, yes, he was confused, it was dark, everyone's a little freaked out, it's scary, there was an earthquake, but he was absolutely hopeless, right? The jailer was absolutely hopeless. If, if you lose a prisoner in Rome, like, that's it. Like, you, it's the, the punishment is execution. So he was like, I'm done. I'm done. This is it. I'm a dead man. It's completely hopeless. Yet Paul said, hey, we're all here. And maybe some of those prisoners had one foot out the door and stopped to, to also see, hey, what's God doing here? Paul says, we're all here. What should we do? You see the contrast, right? There's someone who's like, oh, I would love to escape. I am beat up. I'm locked up. I'm praying to God, and then God actually does the thing. And yet, still, he's full of hope to say, I need to stay. I need to stay. So while, while there's a, a hopeless jailer who says, I need to escape, this is over, I'm done, Paul and Silas actually have the escape route, and they go, Holy Spirit, like, I think you're, you're, you're having us do something else here, and we need to stay. Um, this is the best part. So um, as we continue to read, this is, this is just the most beautiful part of this whole passage. As we continue to read here um, in verse 28, but Paul called out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer asked for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, 
he fell down before Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of God to him. They heard the good news uh, together and with, with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour, and he washed their wounds And immediately he was baptized, and all his household was baptized. He brought them into his house. He set set food before them. He set food before them uh, and and was overjoyed. He had become a believer uh, in God and together with his whole household. Isn't this this astonishing? This This is amazing. Can we just celebrate that God did this? God continues to do this day after day. Um, the jailer was, was convinced. He was hopeless. But God had life in mind for him. Paul and Silas showed up um, for him. And not just like another day of breath. Like he probably could have waited until he got in trouble if he just wanted to live another day. But it was an eternal life. Uh, and actually what could have been, you know, the end of his life turned into a a huge celebration. He was filled with hope. Um, The the consequences, the situation, right, his government, it it no longer was ruling over him because he could see that God was sovereign. So, you know, the application, of course, seek God's purpose, right? Why may God have you among these people at this time? It's it's a consistent theme that we see throughout the book of Acts. Um, and step forward in faith because we get to be a part of a beautiful life-saving story like this as well. Um, you know, it, I was reading this and I, the more I went over it in my procrastination to actually type out the words that I'm speaking today, um, the more I went over it, I was just astonished how um, in God's kingdom, I mean, roles are reversed, Right? Like, the jailer, the one who had the power, was now at the complete mercy. His life completely depended on not just Paul and Silas, but every prisoner staying put. And, um, you know, it's because of God's power that he works. And, and so as we continue to look at these contrasts, right, escape or abide. What's it look like to escape? What's it look like to abide? We had helpless jailbirds. They were, they were you know, whatever sure, they would take it. The missionaries sought God, so they prayed. The jailer was hopeless. He was ready to end it. Um, He was convinced that his escape was to end his life. Yet the missionaries handed at work said, I have the escape, right? It's actually a God-given escape here. Yet they stayed. And now we'll read about the judges. So we got the, the jailbirds, the jailer, and the judges, the magistrates here, um, and, and their situation. So verse 35, when the, when the day came, the chief magistrates sent their officers saying, release those men. And the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, hey, the, the chief magistrates have sent word that you be released. So come out now and, and go in peace. Uh, right? Praise God. Another escape. Here we go. You got it. But Paul said to them, after beating us in public without due process, 
men who are, are Romans, they threw us into prison, and now they're releasing us secretly, quietly? No, indeed. On the contrary, let them come in person and lead us out. The officers reported these words to the chief magistrates, and they became fearful when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and pleaded with them. When they had led them out, they repeatedly asked them to leave the city. Please go, get out of here. They left the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brothers and sisters, they encouraged them and and departed. So uh, as far as it comes to escaping, right? Like the day before, Paul and Silas were humiliated right? They were just thrown in jail. And it, and it looks like the, the judges here were just trying to teach them a lesson, right? Like, hey, we're just going to give them the harshest prison treatment we can for 24 hours and then just, you know, scare them off and get them out of here. But uh, as it turns out, Paul and Silas are Roman citizens, and that whole process was entirely illegal, and, you know, I, I don't know the punishment at this point for a magistrate, like if they did that to a, to a, um, to a Roman citizen, but it's not good. It's not good. This, this comes up in some other passages later as well, but, you know, Rome is pretty, it's a pretty severe empire. So they were fearful. So we had helpless jailbirds, we had a hopeless jailer, and now we've got horrified magistrates looking for an escape. Please just get out of here. Don't file a complaint. Just go. Uh, sure, I'll walk you out. I'll walk you, however embarrassing it is, just don't let word get back to Rome about this whole thing, right? They are horrified. Um, and the craziest part, the craziest part about this whole thing is, I mean, we're not totally sure, but it's, it's possible that Paul and Silas carried this thing called a uh, testatio, testatio, um, like a testament. It's basically a, a, a Roman ID card, right? It's your passport. Like, it's literally a get out of jail free card at this point. Like, they could have just said, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. You can't do this to me or, or else. At any point, at the flogging, getting thrown in prison, in the middle of the night, in the morning. But they waited and they displayed confidence at the time that God had them do it, right? And, and I'm not totally sure. To be honest, I'm not, I, I did a lot of research, but I'm still not totally sure. Like, why is this in here? Why is this part of the passage in here? I'm still doing some meditating on that and reviewing it. But maybe it was to protect the jailer's life, right? Maybe it was, um, let's get this totally expunged from the records so that the jailer doesn't get into any trouble, Maybe it's just to hold the government accountable. I, I don't know. Um, but regardless, they're, they're following the Holy Spirit here. They were much more interested in what God was doing than escaping the circumstance, than using their get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Um, and, so, and so here we go forward, right? Um, we, we now get to decide, okay, so my life circumstances, escape, abide, escape, abide, escape, abide. Um, so, I mean, many of, many of you know, but uh, uh, we lost El- Elena's father this last year, and, and it was um, really un- unexpected and obviously impacted our lives, uh, you know, dozens of ways day to day. 
And um, once the kind of initial commotion and all the unexpected, you know, adjustments started to settle, it was probably time to, to start working through some grief. Um, and we, we weren't making the time for it. We, we, were, we were decompressing, right? Um, we were avoiding the work um, because it was hard and we were tired, especially with kids, you know? Um, and you all, you all came forward to serve us in a wonderful and beautiful way and made yourselves completely available. Yet we still um, found ourselves just wanting to kind of escape in our own little world sometimes. Um, and, you know, praying was hard. Seeking God's purpose was hard. And, and honestly, at times it continues to be. It continues to be hard, right? So church, you know, you've probably found yourself in a situation like this where you're escaping a challenge and, and you're like, oh, look at these contrasts, right? Like, shouldn't I, shouldn't I just be more like Paul, be more like Silas, have more faith, and I could just be joyful and, and see what God's doing? Like, is that, the, is that the moral of the story here? Like, oh, you, you need to pray harder. You need to, like, definitely just read the whole Bible tomorrow. Like, you got to do that. Um, that, you know, when, when life gets real, it's, it's a little different, isn't it? Um, so it's easy to get discouraged. Um, so, you know, the, the next part is, I, like, let's acknowledge that, right? Let's acknowledge that. The, um, as we look at, you know, how to abide, right? How, to, how do I abide? Um, there are some things on my heart as we look at how Paul and Silas did that that I want to encourage us to do and, like, preaching to myself and my family here because we, we need it too. Um, is first, like, don't go through it alone, right? And, 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 like, emotionally available, right? Paul and Silas, they prayed together. They, they pointed each other to God's greater purpose. They just celebrated who God is. Gosh, I had not heard the song that they sang. I forgot what it's called, um, that we just sang um, until earlier this morning. And I was, I, I mean, I was in tears singing it. And it, it, like, every Ebenezer, right, every stone we stack points to him. And yeah, our faith may falter, but don't do it alone. So when we sing together, church, when we're in this room singing together, like, please don't think of it as I'm walking into a room and I'm going to just kind of like put a little private, little private curtain around myself and sing. Um, that's not what we do. Like, sometimes we kind of have to do that on Zoom if you're homesick or whatever. But when we're here together, we're all singing these words together and we're united as we, as we look toward the Lord. So don't let it be just in this moment that we do that, right? Um, discipleship groups, yeah. You know, we have, a, we, have this, we have this worked out. We want it to happen. Um, so, so be real in that, right? And as we practice worship, right? That's the next one. Practice worship. Worship in prayer, meditating on God's word, reciting scripture, memorizing it for when you need it. Um, and that song, to unite yourself to the Lord. So practice worship. 
you know, we often sing, uh, especially when we were reading Hebrews, um, we sing the hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And that's exactly what we do when we worship, um, is we turn our eyes on the, the Holy Creator, the one who, um, who endured the cross for the joy set before him. Um, and so we'll sing together now as well. And of course, seek God's purpose. Now, this is a real struggle in, in those really difficult times. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's clear and immediate, like what God's purpose is, uh, right? Like immediately or like right after some, something's going on. And sometimes it's years and years and years before you know what God is doing with the scenario in your life. Um, but, but listen and, and be aware and be attuned and, and seek the spirit um, and, and what God is doing in that time. It doesn't change that he's sovereign, right? Gosh, that song's so good. It doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's still the God who led Israel through um, the waters, who has saved us in countless ways, and, and we celebrate his, the great love story in Scripture. Um, okay, uh, that's not an exhaustive list. It's like way down here. You probably can't even see it. It's not an exhaustive list. Um, it's something... It's a few things that I ask you to do, and I'll do with you. I want to do it with you guys. Um, so let's abide with the Lord. Um, I'll close with a letter that Paul later writes when he's in prison again. We've got a few of those. Um, back to the Philippians, Lydia and, and the, the group he was with here in Philippi. Um, really closing the loop on this situation because Paul's got good eyes to, to see how God was moving. He said, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has been well known throughout the Praetorian Guard and to everyone else, and that most of the brothers and sisters trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Next week, we'll hear from Ben again uh, on just various responses to the gospel in uh, Thessalonica and, and Berea. And uh, I'm excited for him to unpack that, um, especially after such a beautiful response from, from the jailer this week. Um, let me pray and, and we'll go into a time of communion.